Hey everybody, welcome back to my channel. We're going to go over what's been going on in real estate, the housing market this week, specifically in Colorado Spring, and what the future looks like. What are interest rates doing? Are they going down? Are they going to continue to go down? Or is this just a fluke? Let's jump in. First thing I'm going to show you is the seven day market watch here in Colorado Springs. So in the last seven days, we have had 158 new listings. That's not more or less than what we have been having for the last recent amount of time. Um, the amount of price decreases is also uh, pretty high. You got 262 price decreases in the last seven days. That is also not more or less than what we've been having normally, but it is to tell you that many sellers are decreasing the price on their homes. They are taking price cuts and they're doing that because typically their homes are sitting on the market for an amount of time, uh, a lot longer than what the sellers were expecting. And then they go, oh, I guess I'm not getting the price that I thought I was going to get. And then they do those price drops. So fun fact or a little uh, secret for you, if you're looking to buy in this market is that because so many sellers are dropping their prices in an attempt to get them sold, that means there's a lot of wiggle room uh, typically between what they're listing the property for and what the property actually sells for. Currently in November, we're sitting on 97.6% as far as original list price to what it actually sells for. So homes on average are getting 97.6% of what they're originally listed at, which is a bit lower than what we've been seeing in the past several months. So what I'm telling you as far as what the secret is, is Instead of worrying about or waiting for, I should say, prices to continue to fall and say, well, I like this house, but if it was you know, 50K less, then I would offer on it. Don't do that. What you should do is ask the seller for a seller concession. Write your offer mm -hmm. and even you know write it at whatever you want, uh, but ask for... 10k 20k even perhaps more in seller concessions now what that's going to do for you and what you're going to ask for specifically is you're not likely going to have that much in money that you're going to have to pay out for your closing costs so what you're going to want to do is ask for the 10,000 20,000 or more in seller concessions to go toward buying your mortgage interest rate down so right now i'm going to show you shortly mortgage interest rates are currently sitting in between 7.4 7.5 ish so if you're going to do a a 2-1 buy down let's say so for the first year uh, of your mortgage it's going to be uh, 2% less than what it's going to be for the rest of the time that you have it for the second year it's going to be one percentage point lower than the rest of the time that you have it. That's what a 2-1 buy-down rate is. So if you say, hey, seller, uh, I'm going to offer 400 k on your house, but I'd like $20,000 in seller concessions, What that's going, and I want you to buy down my rate. So what they're going to work with your lender and your 7.5% interest rate is now going to drop to a 5.5% interest rate for that first year. For the second year, it's going to be 1% lower than the market. So it's going to be a six and a half percent rate the next year. And then the third year on, it's going to be the normal rate, the seven and a half for the rest of the year or whatever you negotiate, right? So in that time, you have the option to refinance. So if the interest rates do drop dramatically in the next year or two, 
you've already got that lower interest rate. You can just refinance into that lower interest rate. Meanwhile, you've bought the home that you wanted now instead of waiting for maybe the interest rates drop. Because guess what? When the interest rates drop, what's going to happen is that you're going to have a bunch of buyers who've been would-be buyers who were sitting on the sidelines who come into the market now and go, oh, the interest rates dropped or the home prices have dropped sufficiently. And now all of a sudden you've got all this extra competition from all these other would-be buyers and that's going to drive the prices right back up that's not a great situation to be in so if you are in a situation to buy at a lower interest rate do that instead where you just do the seller concessions ask for the seller to pay down your rate so that you get a lower monthly payment now and you can refinance if the rates go down and if they don't well, then you've at least got the two one buy down rate or whatever you know three two one whatever it was that you did but that is potentially an option for you so look into that ask me for more info if you'd like to know more about that if you're liking this video please click the like button and hit the subscribe button and the bell to stay in touch with future videos that i do on the housing market here in colorado springs Right now, we've got 1,676 active properties on the market in Colorado Springs right now. Um, that's not a whole lot more than what we've had over the past several months. It's nothing crazy. It's still a low inventory market. We have got 705 under contract properties right now. And again, that is not a huge difference from this last month to this month this is the average and median sales prices from the beginning of 2022 all the way to the present so screenshot this pause this if you want to look at this in more detail i'm going to sit on the screen for a while for a minute just to look at this the current average sales price in colorado springs is five hundred nineteen thousand sixteen dollars the median sales price is four hundred fifty thousand dollars now granted we are almost halfway through the month of november so that number, those numbers for November are going to fluctuate. They may drop from where they're at. So I'm not necessarily counting on these numbers for the current month that we're in. So if you want to look back historically at the data, October, we were just over $507,000 for the average sales price, and we were at $440,000 for the median sales price. You want to compare that year over year? Let's compare November's, uh, so this month to November last year. So we're at just over 519000 average sales price, versus November of last year, we were at $480,000 just over for the average sales price. Compare the median sales price today, 450K, to November of last year at 425K just over. So we're a little bit higher than what we were last year. It's fascinating to me is that year over year, prices are actually higher than what they were last year. Now let's look at this in chart form. And you're going to see, again, something very similar is that the home prices hit a peak in the summer, as they do, and they hit their low points in winter, as they do. But it actually hasn't changed that much from 2022 to 2023. Now let's pull it back uh, a few more years and go to from beginning of 2020 all the way up to now. You can see there's clearly been an increase in home prices. Uh, from over the past three years. And we've hit what I'm seeing as a stagnant point uh, from 
2022 on is that you had highs and lows, but overall, long term, prices have not really gone up or down. They've just kind of been wavering. And if we want to pull this back even further, let's go all the way back to we've got data all the way to 2014. You can see historically we've been increasing. We've had, you see those ups and downs? Those are all summer and winter. But long term, home prices have been appreciating up until you get to 2022. And now you see much bigger wavelengths, but overall, we're not seeing a whole lot of increase or decreases in home prices. Now, you tell me, I am not the economy expert. I'm not the stock expert. I can't tell you what this means for the future. I can try to predict, but my crystal ball broke a long time ago, so I'm working on meh. So what we're looking at is potentially this could be the start of home prices coming down as we are having these fears of an upcoming recession. But I can't say that for sure. We've had 217 property sales for the month of November so far. That's not a lot. And for October, we ended the month at 607 property sales. So you can pause this if you want to look at it too. But compare year over year, November of 2022, we had a total of 685 sales. And October of 2022, we had a total of 840 sales. So we are lower this year. And if you want to look at the entire chart over the past, you know, this year and last year, we are at a lower number of sales than we were last year. This chart, this is the same information, it's just uh, in graph form. So the green line is the number of active listings, again, from beginning of January 2022 on, and the blue line is the total number of sales. So you can see the active listings shot up during the summer of 2022, came down from the winter, shot up again for this year, but not quite as high. The number of listings has not been as high as it was last year. We've had a little bit less. The number of sales, meanwhile, has also decreased. You still had a little high point, uh, which was earlier in the year. Uh, the highest number of sales was June, May of 2022. And then you came down for the wintertime. Then you came back up, but it still wasn't enough. What we had as far as our high point for sales for 2023, again, that May-June time frame, but that was still comparatively this number of sales was about what we had for uh september and august in 2022 as as sales were coming down in 2022 in that august september time frame that was our high point this year so number of sales wise has also been dropping this one's a really fun chart because this is going to tell you the months of inventory that we've had and again i mean i can look at further information back but i like to have this year and last year just to look at right away to compare a lot of things so uh i'm not going to pay attention to the months of inventory for november for this year because that number varies wildly and is way high and inaccurate until that number really doesn't mean anything until you finish out the month and then that number becomes accurate. So I'm going to go off of October, the previous month, where we were at 3.6 months of home inventory. And so for a reference, four to six months is what most agents and 
people in the industry are considering a balanced market between buyers and sellers. Historically, that's what we have been taught. That's what we've told people. When you have four to six months of home inventory, there's enough for people to choose from. And we're at 3.6 months now. So we're almost at that point where there is enough inventory versus the current number of active buyers in the market. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's so much for everybody to choose from. It's just given the number of people who are actively looking to purchase at this point in time, how much inventory is available for just them. Not just for everybody who's like, I wish I could get back in the market, but I can't afford it. People who actually are, actively looking and can afford the current market. And right now, and again, this month is early, so this number is gonna change. Remember that 97.6% I was telling you? The original price to final closed price sale, properties are getting, in November, 97.6% of what they were originally listed at. Now compare that to last month, October, where properties were getting 98.2% of their asking price. So I have a feeling that November's number is fairly accurate, but again, it's going to be more accurate as we get closer to the end of the month and as we end the month. But you'll see, for the summer months of this year, you were at 100%. You were getting 100% of what you were asking for for your property. And since August, that has started to drop a bit. And so what that means is that a lot of sellers are chasing the market, which means that they listed their property at a price that was too high uh, for most buyers, they weren't willing to pay that amount. And so sellers now have to chase the market. They have to drop their home price in order to meet the expectation of what available buyers are willing to pay. And that's not a great space to be in. You do not want to chase the market. It is a much better strategy to price your property appropriately from the get-go. And what is happening in this market is that moving homes, those sell, those go quick. If your home has no deferred maintenance, you've taken care of it. Uh, if it's older and you've remodeled it. So basically a buyer or an investor who comes in does not have to do anything. They just move in and it's done. Those homes fly, they go quick. But if there is work that needs to be done, that's less appealing. And if there's work that needs to be done, nobody wants to pay top price to then have to go pour additional money into fixing up the property. So that's what I mean when I say sellers are chasing the market is that they listed too high from the get-go and now they're paying the price of having to drop their price in order to find a buyer who is willing to pay for it. And that leads us into how long are homes sitting on the market now? For November, you got an average of 36 days and a median of 21 days. So it's taking you 20 to 30 or more days to sell property right now. Uh, that was actually a little bit higher last month in October. But again, we're going to see how the rest of the month plays out. Those numbers are going to change a bit. So if we take October, an average of 45 days and a median of 24 days, it was still taking you a month to a month and a half to sell property. And what I was predicting earlier this year, I said this in a previous couple of videos, was I was expecting 45 to 60 days for property to sell by the end of the year. We'll see if that actually happens. But the point is that it's taking at least a month, if not more, to sell the average property. Some are taking longer because the sellers uh, have it on the market and they're not dropping the price uh, to a point where buyers are willing to pay for it. 
And that's not necessarily the seller's fault because they're just not necessarily a huge amount of buyers who can afford to pay for these high prices with these high interest rates. And so that comes back down to, oh, let's go look that up right now. The two websites that I use to track what the interest rates are doing at any given second, and you can use these two, mortgagenewsdaily.com, that's the one we're looking at now, and Optimal Blue. And I'm going to go to that one right after this. So Mortgage News Daily, here we are. The 30-year fixed rate is at 7.40%. If we scroll down to here, you can see here's what a 15-year would look like. Here's what a 30-year jumbo looks like. Here's an arm. Don't get an arm. Here's an FHA. Here's a VA. Those are a little bit lower uh, at this point. And if you switch over to Optimal Blue, you've got something similar. A 30-year conforming loan is 7.534%. And you can see here's what it's going to look like for that 15 year for that jumbo and for that FHA. And the FHA here they're saying is at 7.33%. Come back to Mortgage News Daily and it says it's at 6.74%. It's really going to depend on the lender that you talk to and the rates that they're willing to provide you. Most lenders are going to be, from my experience, very, very similar in terms of what the interest rate is. It just it fluctuates depending on who's reporting it and where they're reporting it from. This article comes from AP News and says surging interest rates and a cloudier economic picture to keep Federal Reserve on sidelines. So the Fed is saying, I don't think we need to do any more rate hikes at the moment. It seems that we are getting closer to hitting our target 2% or lower inflation, but they're not quite ready to do rate cuts. They've increased the rate percentages, uh, which in turn has caused the banks to increase their rate percentages, and the banks still fear a recession. So the spread between what the Fed is charging the banks and what the banks are charging you is twice as high as what it normally is because the banks want that risk mitigation. And so until the banks are convinced that there will not be a recession, that spread is going to remain wider. But for the Fed's purposes, the Fed has seen enough data to say, we don't, we don't think we need to raise the rates anymore and increase our spread. However, we're not going to cut anything yet because we're still not fully convinced. The Fed needs at least six months worth of data to decide what they're going to do. They're not yet fully convinced that we're out of the ballpark here. We may still head into a recession. They don't know. Nobody knows. But the Fed wants to wait until, I'm assuming at least spring, to get enough of next year, to get enough information to determine if they're going to play cutsies. Meanwhile, jump over to their other article, where which says, U.S. consumers keep spending briskly even in the face of persistent inflation and high interest rates. And this is not to say people are taking vacations or buying a whole bunch of uh, extraneous stuff that they don't need. This is just talking about people spending money on paying their bills and buying the necessities. And the news is the same as it was earlier this year, which is to say people are eating into their savings accounts. People are utilizing their credit cards more. People are eating into their HELOC loans. Anything that they can use just to live. And so the Fed is looking at this going, huh, 
the economy hasn't seemed to tank like we were expecting it to. Well, yeah, it is tanking. It's just you're not seeing it because people are still spending the money. They're just spending the money on things that they need just to survive, but they're pulling it out of credit in order to do it. So, yes, we are in dire straits right now. And here's a realistic idea of what you're going to be paying per month. If you take that average sales price for November of this year, $519,016, you do a 5% down payment because who's doing 20 or 25 unless you're just loaded. You're taking that higher, uh, going from optimal blues mortgage rate quote and saying 7.534%. You got an average credit score of 700-ish. This is your total monthly payment is $4,320 a month for that almost $520,000 average home. And we're calculating, you just type this in in Google is what I did. You can just easily pull this up and play with the numbers yourself. Your property taxes, $2,500 a year. You know, it depends on the property. I'm quoting a $4,000 home insurance policy per year. And by the way, tell me what is what you've been seeing with home insurance, because I've been hearing that some people cannot even get a policy at this point. And if they can, it's expensive. It's like 45 grand for the year. Isn't that crazy? Like I was used to getting like under 2000 for the year and now it's just shot up. Like what is going on? You're also assuming that you've got PMI, your private mortgage insurance, because you paid less than 20%, right? And then if you got homeowner's insurance, you can add that in there too. Now, I took those same numbers and I just plopped them into to switch over on that calculator from monthly payment to purchase budget. Same numbers, but in order to make that almost 520K purchase budget work, you would need to have a yearly household income before taxes of $152,500. You need to make a good-sized six-figure income in order to qualify for such a property here. It's expensive here. If you got a two-person income, that's really what you need in order to make it work. Unless you've got a really good STEM field job, you got a really great six-figure income job, then you can make it work. But otherwise, you're going to be priced out of the market. And this is why I say, if you're looking to buy property now, there's a really good opportunity in having the seller buy down your mortgage rate by going through seller concessions and say, hey, I want 20 grand in seller concessions for this property, you know, whatever you're offering to buy it for, and take an extra 20K off of that from the seller's proceeds in order to buy down your interest rate from your lender. And you can also do that yourself without involving the seller. And you can go to your lender and say, hey, can you knock off uh, my interest rate by a point or two for the first couple of years. And in return, I'll pay a higher long-term interest rate. And you're banking really on the interest rates coming down unless you can afford that higher interest rate payment in the future once the rate buy-down has ended. But those are a couple of really good options for you. So if that's something that you're interested in, please let me know and I'd be happy to help you with that. Now, I'm not a lender. I'm a real estate agent, so I'm not going to legitimately help you do your financing. But what I am going to do is, as a real estate agent, I'm going to help you find that house. If you're looking to sell property, I'm going to help you sell your house. 
And I, again, I'm happy to do that. That's my job. That's what I do. So if you're still here watching this and you're interested in buying or selling in the Colorado Springs area, please reach out to me and I'd be more than happy to help you with that. Thank you so much for watching and I will see you in the next video.